Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Professional wrestling, the era of the franchise, the era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection. Welcome to Most Extreme Menage a Trois, violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Three-Way Dance. JT coming at you by partners Matt and Jenny. And of course, this show is simulcast both on audio on all podcast applications and video right here on our YouTube channel, North South Connection. Be sure to follow us there, subscribe, and of course, hit up our social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And right now, Ryan Gray and myself are counting down every single WrestleMania match ever. We'll forge it in two. Uh, being done in a short form. They're all one minute or less every match. Uh, those are airing on Facebook Reels, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts. So subscribe and don't miss any. That's going to run up until this year's WrestleMania Saturday. Also have lots of other great content. We're going to have a lot of cool WrestleMania stuff leading up to this year's show. Plus all of our existing shows like this one right here, guys. How are you both doing? I'm good. Um, what number are you guys on on the countdown? Uh... uh let me check. I'll, I'll check. While we're recording this, I want to say we're like in the 200s and uh, it's an extreme number. And it is. That was going to be my point. Yes. We're at 224 yeah. as of this recording. Good. So by the time it airs, it'll probably be like close to 200 ish. Okay. That's a lot of matchups. We're almost halfway there. Uh, yeah, a lot thing. to go. Yeah. Not to go. So it's been fun, though. It's definitely been interesting. Appreciate all the feedback and all that. So, uh, But on this show here, we're going through the history of ECW. We started in February 1994. And now we are in, about to be February 1999. Uh, by the end of this episode, we're in late January right now. And uh, we've covered a lot of ground. And we're in the final two calendar years of ECW. Uh, so we're going to be matriculating our way through those. Anything you guys want to talk about before we dive right into our first episode? I want to talk about you just saying matriculating on, I was e- also <laughs> on an ECW podcast. What are we doing? Yeah, it's a little fancy. Yeah, I don't understand that. That's a ten dollar word. Um, yeah. I think ECW wise, I am super curious about Taz and mm-hmm. 
because I was analyzing this today. You know, another big word. Um, but I think that my hesitation with Ta Tasby and the champ is that I'm bored with all of the matches that he seems capable of doing. Um, he, what kind of feud can I look forward to, or is it just going to be a bunch of squash title defenses? That seems to be what Taz does when he holds a belt. Mm. So, outside of Sabu, who I think is his number one nemesis till the end of time, um, you can't just keep running back Sabu though. And right. Shane's pretty much mm -hmm. put to bed. So I just feel hesitant and worried about Taz's title run. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Taz is he's been around with us since the beginning of the show, pretty much. Right. And mm -hmm. a lot of that time he's been doing the same thing. So yes, he is finally world champion, which is different. But, you know, to what we're saying is he's now kind of been what? doing the same thing now for you know right. four plus calendar years of ECW television. So I, mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. It's going to be an interesting approach to see if he starts showing some vulnerability to anyone else besides Sabu, mm -hmm. uh, or is he going to continue to just kind of dominate uh, as champion? So. We'll track that through our 99. Is a dominant champion in his way, is that good? I mean, do you guys want to see that? What What are your thoughts on that? I would, I think, yeah, but I think the only reason I hesitate is because Shane Douglas has kind of been a, a dominant champion. Not in mm -hmm. the same way where he just comes out and destroys people, but he's been champion for what? For how long now? Since, I mean, even with the Bigelow blip, that was only a few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right. So really... Ostensibly, he's been world champion since like summer of ninety seven. Three years, doesn't he do a whole three years thing? It was like ninety six. It was. It? it was either ninety. He might have been ninety seven. I can't remember. Yeah, who does he? Be? Oh, I'd have to look back now. We've gone through so much of this. I know he has a blip with Bigelow's the end of ninety seven. Yeah. Um, it's like a Sandman and Raven, and they have their whole thing. But um, either way, it's been it's been a long. It was a long reign. Um. Douglas, I'm gonna look right now, real quick here. I want to yeah, say so he, he won, won it, yeah, at Hardcore Heaven, right? Yeah, 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 right. Because of Terry Funk had it before that, right? So right. Funk had it, then Sabu quickly. So he had it from August '97. Um, Bigelow with the with the you know month as champ, but outside of that, he had it for you know 14, 15 months or whatever. So right, uh, we just uh, had a long reign, and a lot of that actually he was kind of he was injured. Right, he was injured. So yeah. we, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they could have maybe been benefit to having like a quick potato, hot potato title with, with a few guys before going think? to Taz. I mean, they could have done that if they wanted to like bounce it around quick. But I mean, but Taz we, was due. That's the problem. Right. Like y'all yeah. were very eager for the Taz run, and my question is like, why? <laughs> wow. You know. <laughs> Well, like I do think he's the most over guy. I mean, besides RVD, I think he was the most over guy, and I think he's ahead of line. He's ahead of the line in RVD. I just think they should have done it sooner. I mean, yeah. Oh, one hundred. They should have done it in in earlier '98, probably. Yeah. I do think they waited a little too long. Uh, they could have pulled the trigger sooner and then moved on by now, maybe, or just already be five or six months into the run and said, "And here we are, January 16th. We're only a week into his championship reign already, and you're tapping mm -hmm. out." So we'll see. <laughs> well maybe he'll win you over um we'll all right, in. i mean shane did so right that's true and the dubbies all right january 16th 99 uh this is pretty much a recap 
guilty as charged. We'll hit we'll hit the highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Heyman hypes the big things that went down at guilty as charged. Uh, we get the slate for officially our next pay per view, March twenty first, living dangerously. So there we go. Just a couple months out now from our next show. Van Dam and Fozzie are backstage. They're hyped about having the tag titles and the TV title. RVD brags himself up, takes his usual backhanded jokes at Sabu. Uh, Joey's in the nest. He sets up a recap. We get stills from Lance Storm versus Rob Van Dam from Guilty as Charge. We then get a pretty basic uh, Prezak interview backstage with Storm and uh, Tambulant Bitch. Joey's in the nest, talks up Storm, uh, how he leveled up at the pay-per-view, came close to winning the TV title. We then get clips of Taz uh, versus Shane Douglas and Stills as well. We then get some exclusive footage of Taz walking to the back with the gold. The locker room throws a party for him. They're spraying champagne. Of course, Taz throws everyone out. Tells them they should be fighting for the gold if they want to give him something. Even Chris Chetty uh, gets thrown out. He has a party hat on. He's annoyed. Um, and then we kind of end with Tommy Rich and Taz arguing. Um, and after that, Prezak caught up with Tommy Rich, who sends Prezak in with a bottle of champagne. <laughs> he gets yelled at by Taz. <laughs> I'm just going to go through this, and you guys can give me your thoughts on the episode. Uh, we get Stills, that's Tajiri and Super Crazy. Joey talks about the debut of Sid. We then go to Guilty as Charged, where Prezak is with Judge Jeff Jones. He kind of talks down on Cronus, and Sid gave out his justice tonight. Credible, Jason, Nicole Bass, and Jazz are backstage. Jason has blood all over his face. Credible brags about beating Dreamer all on his own in the stairway to help. Sid even stopped his mentor uh, to stop beating Tommy. Credible vows to beat Tommy again and says he is the true hardcore icon. We can get clips of where Chastity is brawling with Credible's new boo. I, I named her as Jazz, but I don't, I don't think she gets a name for a bit on TV. Uh, Chastity get laid out, Funk tormenting Tommy. Joey knows that Chastity is Raven's sister, which is kind of Yeah, yeah that was weird. I was yeah. like, wait, wait. If yeah. they knew that and I didn't know that, then something's wrong. Because I, I don't like, remember them ever what? mentioning that. I, no, I don't they think they not. ever mentioned that. No, never. It was odd. Well, we get a full recap of the Funk-Tommy feud. Funk is backstage, tells his jackass story. We talked about that last episode. <laughs> it gets still as a credible and dreamer. Joey talks about dreamer refusing to raise his hands on his mentor. Prezak gets harassed by Doring and Roadkill backstage for guilty as charged. We then hear from Paul Dangerously, who talks about a bunch of stuff um, that happened three years ago at House Party 96. We see clips showing the evolution of ECW and Joey hypes that House Party 99 is occurring this weekend. And then uh, we get the clips of the Dudleys at Guilty as Charged, their recent actions, including their official challenge to Public Enemy to show up at House Party. Joey says, Public Enemy are making good Ted Turner money. Why would they blow that gig? And Joey says, Ric Flair always thought the better of challenges for Shane Douglas. And that means Dudleys and Public Enemy likely isn't happening as well. So don't have any expectations. So, again, that, that's just a quick rundown. Uh, a very big highlight show, map. But anything jump out of you you want to talk about? Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's basically all highlights of the pay-per-view but i did like uh, just a couple of things uh, rvd during his shtick at the beginning says that uh only one man is three-fourths of the tag champs and that's rvd so i thought that was a fantastic line out of him uh i want to see taz versus tommy rich now i don't know about you guys but like let's just, go just throw that out there on like a random episode of tv like that could be really fun for what it is so but i mean outside of that yeah i mean this is about as standard of a recap episode for a pay-per-view as you're gonna find i super enjoyed the the taz party that he immediately mm-hmm. shit on and then everybody's just walking out the door walking out the door somebody says Beat me if you can, party if I let you. And I fucking die. That's a fucking great line. Um, but this was 
a welcome recap episode, if I'm being honest, because look, I had a lot of episodes to watch today, so <laughs> I was happy to breeze through this one. Um, I had the chastity um, note as well, and then um, yeah, Joey talks about Tommy Dreamer remaining loyal to Funk during this part, won't fight back and stuff like that. Is that worth it? Y'all think that lasts much longer? Is he gonna break? Um, do we want him to? Do we want uh, him to fight think, back? You're gonna think at some point he's gonna. I, yeah, he's I gonna feel like it's, it's gotta happen at some point. You would think. Yeah. I, I guess it just depends on what Terry Funk wants to do, honestly. But right. um, I mean, look, if there's one thing we've learned in the history of ECW, it's don't get too attached to a Terry Funk storyline because yep. it could end at any moment. Yep. You're right. With him vanishing, so I kind of just take it week to week with him and what's going on with him and Tommy for now. Okay. Um, yeah. That's all I had for that one, though. All right, let's go ahead to January 23rd. The Dullies in the ring at House Party. Uh, Bubba tells the fans the public enemy are not here, but they are, and they always have been. And they shouldn't be blamed because they didn't promise or advertise anything. Joey Styles didn't put it over, and public enemy isn't here. Forget sold out tomorrow night. Public enemy sold out the fans. They'll never see public enemy and the Dullies in the same ring, and they feel bad about it. Bubba says they're heading home, and they leave through the fans. Joey in the nest says public enemy did not show up, but they are hoodies making a couple hundred thousand dollars from Ted Turner. What would be the motivation to show up and have a bloody street fight for no money? It's a good fantasy, but the delis have left while Joel Gertner and sign guy are still here. Jenny, what did you think of this opening? Um, did you buy it or is it sometimes ECW does a little bit too much over the top to tip their hand? Uh, or did, were you buying in that they're really just shit talking about getting me to build some heat? Um, no, I didn't think Public Enemy would show up here. And I don't know. It's typical Dudley stuff. It's not great. Um, yeah, Matt. <laughs> I thought Joey was good here, uh, saying ask, asking, you know, uh, what motivation does Public Enemy have showing up when they're getting paid six figures by Atlanta? You know, I thought that was that made sense. Like, why would they show up to this bingo hall for a fight? They don't like they don't have to show up. So I, I thought that was an interesting thing that Joey said. But I mean, other than that, I thought, you know, this was fairly standard stuff from the Dudleys. Bubba was very angry, which he always is. But he, he seemed there was like a realism to his anger, if that makes sense. Like he was pissed off that public enemy didn't show up. So I thought that was good. But yeah, it was uh, fine here. All right. We go back to the ECW arena. Skull Von Kush yes. is talking out. Joey puts him over. Judge Jeff Jones, of course, is here. Joey's excited that the rumors are true. It wasn't just a one-time deal uh, guilty as charged. We get some stills from that show of Sid destroying Cronus. Judge Jeff Jones grabs the mic. He says Von Crush is in his courtroom. Skull spits on Jones, and Jones says Skull is guilty as charged. And, of course, out comes Sid to a big pop. Sid gets in the ring. Uh, Joey says this is ECW Arena debut, and he just destroys poor old Von Cruz, including a chokeslam through a table. On the floor from the ring. Very uh, Sid awkward. Quick, Sid quickly finishes with a powerbomb. And then it's another one after the bell. Uh, quick squash. The atmosphere is amazing for Sid. I love that they don't give him any music either. He's just like a madman. Yep. It doesn't really belong here, but he's showed up. Um, I give it a gentleman's two because it's a very effective squash. Uh, and the crowd is so into it, Matt. 
Oh yeah, I went two stars on this too. Just a great Sid squash. It's just, it's so fucking surreal to see Sid in the ECW arena. Thank it's just, you. It's just wild to see him there with this crowd just losing their fucking minds. It's awesome. So yeah, that uh, the choke slam through the table where Krush went stiff as a board just to try and brace his fall. I thought that was great. But yeah, I mean, I went two stars. I love a good Sid squash. So. Well, put me down for two stars too. We're all Sid Marks. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks insane. Oh, yes. Yeah, he look. I mean, he just always looks like that. But uh, look, it works. It automatically works for ECW. Like, mm-hmm. how can he have not been in this promotion this entire time? That's it's how I fit. feel about it. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah and great. it doesn't even. I don't feel like it's like super. I mean, it's just funny, right? Because he really is, in a way, the epitome of everything they rally against on the commentary and the fans, mm-hmm. right? This big tall jacked up guy with no in ring skill and you know the typical vince guy right that you know but he shows up here and they're all you know freaking out to see him but because he's such a a monster and a madman it does work and i do think it's cool because it's really you've never really seen sid be like hardcore like he used to destroy guys in the ring but we haven't really seen him like a weapons guy or like a you know that kind of brawl so it'll be interesting to see how far they go with it because it is a unique presentation for him do you like him being paired with the Dutch? Um, no, I don't like Jeff Jones. Both no, I mean as a character, so, uh, that's me. But yeah, okay. And the, the concept of it is fine. I just it's all right. right. It's all right. I don't think so. What other reason would Sid have to come out? So to me, it's yeah, just no, it makes it yes. Yeah, right. Having right. someone that's going to sick him on people makes right. sense. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just not him. All right, we got a slate for living dangerously. We got our opening animation. Uh, Joey's in the nest says, "Well, you get two weeks of TV from House Party, but the whole show is available on home video. It's their first release in a while." We get Prey Zach backstage. He's talking to Chris Candido, uh, but he's focused and banging on a wall. So Tammy tries to fend him off. She sexes it up, eats a banana. Prey Zach fights the temptation, and then Candido just rants. He says, "No more jokes, fun, and games. Just like Douglas, Taz won't find his actions uh, funny tonight either." Joey in the Nest says a lot happened to House Party, talks about what we'll see tonight and what's available on home video, including the Dudley's punking public enemy. Uh, any mm. thoughts quick on that Candido segment before we get to our next match? Tammy looked real bad. Oh, um, she looked awful. Real out of it. They both oh, looked yeah. real out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I recently watched the Dark Side of the Ring on them. So that hurt a little bit when I was watching that. And she was going to town on that banana. Um, (laughs) A little bit weird. Um, Just just really kind of hard to watch, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. No, this this was a lot. uh, Joey on commentary is starting to talk about how we're not going to get the the silly side of Candido anymore. We're going to get, you know, unhinged Candido. And I'm like, okay. So I feel like we, everyone is serious and angry. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like Candido being yeah. a man. He was a little bit not... <laughs> more on the comedic side, right. usually. It was also yeah, weird I to... Mean... Yeah. I was just going to say, it was also weird to under... to have a Candido promo where you understood everything he said. To I know, right? Yeah. 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 The, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's sad to see Tammy. Like, just, you think of two years ago where we are on Wrestling Warzone every other Monday on the Wrestling Connection. Check in when I go into the Monday Wars. We're in March 1997. And yeah, she's not actively like in a role, but just on top of the world as like a megastar. Right. right. No, nobody's hotter than her. Yeah. Lucid. But she, like 
her lucid wrestling mind is on display. She does commentary, everything clicks. Like she's such a sharp mind. It's so sad just to see how quick it all fell apart. Um, just here two years later, it's kind of like we love ECW, right? But in 1990, you're slumming it. If you're, if you're not making millions in WCW or you're not on top of the attitude era, you're slumming it. You just are. Sure. Um, so for her to be here and not there, it like just tells you what a mess that turned into how mm-hmm. quickly, like she's such a meteor in wrestling. Like it's, downhill so fast but yeah it's sad yeah it sucks um all right to the ring we go as tajiri and super crazy are back it's a pay-per-view rematch mm. crazy gets a pop tajiri stalks to the ring this is the future of ecw on display we start with a quick flurry from ta uh tajiri, tajiri including a handspring <laughs> back elbow the somersault sent on to the floor tajiri kicks super crazy hard in the head goes to a tarantula back inside tajiri gets a tilt to world backbreaker standing moonsault Misses a moonsault off the top. Super Crazy pegs him with a springboard dropkick. Crazy follows Tajiri outside, dumps him into the fans, meets him with an amazing acai moonsault. Back inside, Crazy crotches Tajiri on the top, smacks him down and stomps away. Crazy slams Tajiri, gets a quebrada for two, follows the top rope corkscrew press, but comes up empty. Tajiri annihilates him with two kicks and a seated dropkick for a near fall, gets two on a bridging German. Crazy goes low, gets a moonsault press for two. Crazy goes to a rolling surfboard into a rear chancery, sick-looking spot. Crazy knocks Tajiri outside, follows, but Tajiri shoots him to the crowd, flies into him with his own acai moonsault. The crowd is rocking as we head back to the, the ring. Crazy shoots Tajiri into the railing, nails him with a corkscrew pescado. Back inside, Tajiri gets a rana into a roll-up for two. Crazy comes right back with a powerbomb attempt that Tajiri counters to a DDT. Tajiri heads up top, gets a spin heel kick for two, then a brain buster for two. Tajiri misses a missile drop kick. Super crazy buries him with a power bomb and hits a spinning slop drop, which I always call a slop drop. Okay, for the win, and uh, that is it. It's a red hot match, right on par with Guilty as Charged in my mind. Uh, it was good to see Crazy get the win here. I didn't want it to be a case where like Tajiri always owns him because we see that enough in ECW. So mm-hmm. I like that we even up the series. Uh, big time addition to the promotion. These guys are awesome. They're mad men. Uh, it's an evolution of style. We've seen it every year almost. Right? We saw the. The wrestling technicians with the Benoit Malenko. We saw the high flyers, uh, Mexican death style, right? With uh, Mysterio and Psychosis and, and Hoovy and all those guys. And then, um, you know, we went into like the kind of hard, more of the real intense hardcore mm-hmm. stuff in 97. A lot of the brawling Sandman, and blood came in. Sandman and Raven and, mm-hmm. and the WF guys. And now our next evolution, uh, and, and a lot of tag stuff too, right? We kind of have mm-hmm. like a tag heavy year mm-hmm. in there. And now we're really... Uh, evolving into like this, I don't even know what to call it, hybrid, high-flying slash hard-strike style um, that's that's evolving. Strong style, I think. Yeah, I guess it. it is probably, I don't know, like an early strong style, mm-hmm. um, you know, presentation from guys. Uh, international as well, so we should call that, right? A lot of international mm-hmm. flavor with a strong style. So, I this is great. I went three and three quarters, Jenny. I mean, it's a fantastic match, just like Guilty as Charge. I love both these guys. Um, I'll be with them. I'll, I'll be a, a huge fan right up until we're done with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, it's hard not to love this. This is great. I mean, I already said, I already ran out of great words um, to describe to Jerry. And the crowd loves them both. It's really torn. Uh, really, as it should be. I feel, I feel torn now between Tajiri and super crazy in this. The way when um, he goes to the outside, he grabs the railing and he brings it to the ring to get it out of the way so he can jump the fuck over it onto mm-hmm. the crowd, onto Tajiri. 
uh, just little details like that. They both use the railing in that way. Um, really awesome mirror falls, the sick top rope moonsault by it, super crazy. Um, I love the tarantula. <clears throat> they work it in into every one of their matches, spoiler alert. Um, but look, it always pops, man. It always will. Uh, love the finish. You mean every single Tajiri match you ever watched. Every <laughs> single one so far, yes. No, um, and going forward. And, go, and going forward. Even in the WWF. <laughs> Um, three and a half, Maddie. Yeah, I, I went three and a half to, on this too. Just fantastic stuff. It's like, it's like if the Energizer Bunny was a wrestler, because these guys just keep fucking going. The pace is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of moon salts in this match, it, it twenty in this ten minute match, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's fucking wild to see. They just don't stop. Their gas tank is unbelievable. And like you guys said, the crowd loves it. It's just, it's cool to see these guys come in and the crowd just immediately take to mm-hmm. them. It's yes. that crowd, no less, which, you know, mm-hmm. not, not exactly the easiest crowd to please. So yeah, this was fantastic stuff. So three and a half for me. Shannon, I think you nailed an interesting point about the style too. They use everything at their disposal, like brilliantly, but it's natural. It's not like it they is. Set, they're right. not setting up. I, we like that stuff too, right? But it's not the eliminator yeah. setting up triple right. fucking tables and public right. enemy doing these convoluted mm-hmm. set, like uh, railing, apron, po- mm-hmm. but it's all like, it's so fluid. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, he, he just jerked it to him just, you know, in the middle of all this frantic stuff. Right. He just, you know, jerked it and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Praise Act backstage is with Storm and uh, Tammy Lynn Bitch. She takes the mic from Praise Act to shut him up. Storm hypes up 1999 as being his year. Said he's sick of being saddled with blonde guys named Chris, which is a great <laughs> um, kind of dig at Jericho as well from their tag team days in Smoky Mountain. Storm's mad he can't get Ed Whalen, and he walks off and Tammy preens for the camera. RVD and Fonzie are backstage. RVD does a great ranting Fonzie exp- impression, and then Fonzie gives him shit oh for not God. mentioning Sabu, and they both blow whistles. <laughs> That's <was> great. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you think of those two uh, before we move to this next long-ass segment? Oh, God. Just RVD does a fantastic Fonzie. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right down the he middle. Spent enough fr- <laughs> he spent enough freaking time with him. I'd hope so. Yeah, I know. It's just... It's, and it, the rant was on Boston, too, which also was yeah. very funny, but... <laughs> Maddie does a good Fonzie. Uh, Coming it down the middle, Daddy. <laughs> Listen, I'm not telling any anything out of school here, but uh, at the end of this podcast here, obviously we're going to hit an end, right? Um, our plan is to reveal a list of our top, whatever it's going to be, right? 50, mm-hmm. whatever, ECW mm-hmm. stars. I, I mean, I, Rob Van Dam's a number one contender, right? He's a uh, contender oh, for number yes, one. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I thought you were talking about Fonzie for some. <laughs> he's going to be on there too. No, not he's not. Wrestlers. It's going to be top no. 50 no. ECW. He'll be number 50. He's going to be wow. on there. Mm-mm. He's on there. He's on there. Right. I'm going to blow a whistle that whole episode. Chris Candido <laughs> and, and like we mentioned earlier, right? Buzz, Tammy are in the ring. Uh, out March is the new ECW champion. Taz's first arena defense is coming up. Candido's jacked. Uh, Joey reminds us how focused on business he is now. There's no more comedy. Uh, the crowd is buzzing for Taz as we get going. Francine shows up and barks at Candido. Shane comes in from behind and levels Candido with a chair, hits a Pittsburgh plunge on it. Tammy slaps him. That triggers a cat fight with Francine. Shane pulls Francine off and pins her to the corner, tells her to trust him and get to the back. Francine leaves. Candido's walked out by security. Shane says the belt he built was never about tits and ass. For everyone that ever held the belt, he didn't build a house for someone to come out of the mats and degrade it like a dog and pony show. 
A guy like Raven needed to be a great champion, but he doesn't. He doesn't need to swing a stick. And ECW is built on his shoulders, making the belt more important than anyone or anything in it. And they should give the fans a world title match they can be proud of. Taz says, ring the fucking bell. So we have a guilty as charged rematch on a no way here at a house party. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think of the way this played out? This was good. I, I wanted to see them tie up again, really. Mm. Uh, I'm not done with Shane. <laughs> and I don't, I'm, we'll talk about it later. But um, I feel nervous about his future here with us. Um, and it was, it was <laughs> the spitting spot was great, but it was, it was needed. Like it, it adds to this story and we wanted to see this and I love um, Tammy and Fran locking up. That was really good. So yeah, I was happy. I, I didn't want to see Taz and Chris Candido. Like this is way better. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes more sense to do a Taz Shane rematch here than it does a Taz Candido match at this point. You could do Taz Candido at some point down the line. You don't need to right. do that. You don't need mm -hmm. to do that immediately. So I like that they made the switch. Uh, Shane's promo here, I thought was great. You know, him saying the stuff about the dog and pony show like Raven needed. I thought that was a great line. And it was interesting to see Shane kind of almost show a little bit of respect towards Taz, which is a thing that I, I thought was kind of interesting. Like, you know, we've all said this bullshit to each other, but now it's just about the title. So let's have a great match. I thought that was an interesting way to, uh, to go about it here, but yeah, I thought that this is really well done and it makes sense given Candido interfered in the, the, yeah, it was like, it made perfect event. sense that Shane would so, get his revenge right. here and, you know, take yeah, him out. So. so I enjoy, I liked it. It was good. All right, here we go. Rematch Shane Douglas versus Taz ECW world title on the line. Get an early tie up some chain work. Taz snaps over a T-bone. Shane bails to the floor. Taz follows and hammers away. The crowd's pretty split here with these guys. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of backing Shane a little. Shane mm -hmm. shoots Taz into the crowd. He goes up top and flies off and hits him with his cast. Shane beats on Taz with a chair. Back at ringside, Taz suplexes Shane through the table. They fight their way to the bleachers and down to the merch and stage area where they collapse through another table. Shane suplexes Taz on a speaker. The locker room is empty. They're all out in the nest watching the match. Shane hits a high cross body off the stage. Throws Taz to the floor. After a break, the match is spilled outside. Shane runs Taz into a garage door. Taz slugs back. They punch their way back into ringside as the crowd is fired up. Shane sets up a table in the ring. He suplexes Taz and hits an inverted neck snap. Taz rallies back with a flurry, tries the Taz mission. Shane counters to do a back suplex for two. Shane hoists up Taz for another suplex. Gets two as we see a concerned Fran watching from the locker room. Taz gets a head and arm Tazplex. The crowd is booing the champion now actively behind Shane. Taz uh, hooks on the Taz mission. Shane starts to fade, but he punches free with the cast. Taz grabs him, puts him through the table with a Taz mission suplex, and retains the title. Taz leaves. Shane gets a standing ovation. He's in tears. The crowd is chanting, please don't go. So pretty cool moment. A uh, really fun match. I thought it brought true closure to the angle. Taz gets to beat Shane cleanly, uh, which he didn't do at the pay-per-view. Officially passes the torch. Uh, good on Shane to get Taz over even more. I don't know if he's on his way out or not. They're certainly the fans think he may be. Uh, mainly a brawl, but had good drama and vibe. The arena crowd deserved this, too, because the yes. new crowd mm -hmm. got this. This is like a Battle of Legends, a world title match. The yep. arena deserved to get this as well. Mm -hmm. I liked this a lot. I went three and a quarter, Matt. 
Yeah, I actually went three and a half on this. I like this more than the pay-per-view match. I, I thought yeah. it was a t- it was a tighter match. There was less bullshit to it. And some of the bullshit at the pay-per-view was needed, like the Sabu stuff. But I thought there was too much other stuff going around. I thought the crowd brawling here was a lot better than the crowd brawling at the pay-per-view. And I think that basically had to do because of the arena they were in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Shane diving off the nest and all that shit. I just think it was a better crowd brawl. Uh, and the finish was unreal and uh just the taz mission suplex through the table it looked nasty for both parties so i love that finish too and i think joey at one point mentions that this was taz's first pinfall victory since he came back in 95 so now taz has another move in his arsenal to fuck people up so now he's gonna start winning matches by pinfall too jesus christ right so uh yeah i really enjoyed this so i went three and a half on it jenny well that's good that's this is the match that shows these wrestlers growth to me, the maturity on Shane's side, um, because he doesn't seem as fucking wild and crazy. You know, he he seems like just a confident, centered man, like even though he lost the belt, like he mm. seems OK. Mm-hmm. He almost seems at peace. Like it almost yes. is like right. a relief for him to not have yes. to worry about it anymore. Yeah. He's just kind of like that. Right. That is it. But he's still <laughs> working this match like like mm-hmm. they they yep. killed it and on the Taz side getting a pinfalls growth for him um not getting completely blown up in the course of this match is growth for him so that that's encouragement for me i feel wispy about shane and that will continue for a while um and but the the finish was sick the crowd brawling was really good and i was so happy that the arena got to see this match cuz like you said they deserve that um when your belt back pants. We talked about how over Taz was, mm-hmm. but now Shane's getting so much love, mm-hmm. you know, because I guess because they think he's leaving. Um, yeah, it's always become a respect thing because he's yeah. he, he fought right. like a champion. Um, you know, Candido screwed him. So, like, there's a little sympathy there now. So, yeah, it's almost become like a legend of status. And it's good to see him look healthy, too, because he's been so banged yes. up and injured. Yes. It was yep. it was like he like kind of turned the clock back a little bit in this match, kind of flying around. And I don't know if he's gutting through it or if he's feeling better. Right. Uh, but he's he definitely had a little bit more pep and energy here than he had lately, um, where he's really – you could tell he's really been grinded down by the injuries. It, it was a little emotional for me, as it was for him when he got the event. Uh, standing ovation and please don't go chance you know he he looked overwhelmed i felt overwhelmed for him and you know a lot of my ecw emotions have been tied up in this man so i think that fits um and uh this was really good i did three and a half as well all right let's get to our awards uh best match i ended up even with this one i still went to jerry crazy yeah i'm gonna give it the same bump uh, yeah, it's. I think I got to go with Taz and Shane here, but it's close. All right, worst match. I mean, Sid, Skullvon Crush, but even yeah. that was a fun, mm-hmm. fun watch. Worst by default. Uh, best moment, I went Shane's standing ovation at the end. Yes. Uh, it was a really cool yep. moment for him. Uh, most 90s, I went with Lance Storm's Gators Gym sweatshirt. I don't know what that I means. saw that. What that is night. that? Yeah. I had a note about it as well. I was like, what the hell is that? It looked kind of cool, though. I kind of want that mm-hmm. shirt. All right. Um, stock rising and pretty much everyone on the show. Crazy yeah. to Jerry, Sid, Candido, Tammy, uh, Tammy Lynn Bish, that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and then stock falling, I went Skull von Krush, Candido, and the other Tammy. <laughs> they really had the worst. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Krush fell multiple times, including through that table. All right. Final grade. Uh, I went eight out of 10. I mean, it's a very good episode. We had the great super crazy match. Um, you know, the Taz Shane is awesome. It's a great moment. Sid in the middle was great. I mean, honestly, the only down stuff was Candido and Tammy just looking sad. Mm -hmm. uh, but the rest of it really hit. Um, it was a really good episode and a nice coming out of the pay-per-view. It's not a reset. It almost feels like a coda yes. um, to the yes. pay-per-view versus like, a, a you know, okay, here's the next six weeks, eight right. weeks, whatever. It felt more like, okay, we're wrapping stuff still. That was one of my big notes for this episode is that we usually feel like, okay, that's over and then next, but we have all this sort of residual things. And I, I think that's good because it helps with some of the pacing post of the show yeah. when you don't have to have all this time to fill. Right. Um, I did eight out of 10 as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Eight out of 10. Great episode of TV. I mean, really not much to complain about except for, you know, Candido, but. All right, see if it holds up. January 30th, 99. Uh, Taz is backstage because he's the world champion. He worked his ass off. Didn't kiss ass. Didn't suck up. He's no role model where anyone wants to look up to. He's a miserable, mean, nasty man that you don't want to live next door to because if you look at him the wrong way, he's going to throw a garbage can through your window. He's pissed off. He's bent. He's hot now that he has the belt. Things are going to get worse. He's a tiger that worked his ass off to chase down and eat the animal that all the other predators join in on his prey, and everyone wants his belt. He's five foot eight, 248 pounds. He isn't some big dude loaded with steroids. He's just a miserable workhorse. The Bush League shooter for 12 years. That's what he is. Unlike other champions like Rocky Maivia, a green spoiled bastard. <laughs> the more things change. Uh, he's no second or third generation wrestler with the whole family in wrestling. Not a spoiled rich kid from Hawaii that gets pushed for his good looks or because he's on the board of a major company. If Rocky comes to any ECW card and faces him, he'll fix his looks for him. Hulk Hogan, look in my eyes. Is there anyone that honestly believes Hogan could beat him or even hang for 30 seconds? He's real. He's pissed. He's on top of the mountain. Things are going to get hotter. He gets hungrier. He's up at 3.30 a.m. running 10 miles. He's ready to go right now. And anyone in any locker room, ECW, WWF, WCW, UFC, boxing, WCF, anyone who wants it can bring it. Great State of the Union promo, I thought, by Taz. Um, I like the old school ECW vibe, calling out Hogan and Rocky. It mm -hmm. brought back the old Shane days of calling out Dick Flair and all Absolutely. that. Um, I thought this is good. Like, you know, Jenny, you were, you were worried about Taz, curious about Taz. But, I mean, he, since the pay-per-view now, he's had a great title defense, a really good showdown segment. And now this really good, like, kind of, okay, I'm the champ now. I beat Shane twice. That's in the past. This is me. I'm your guy. And here's what's going on. So I thought this is a really good, like, just – Right out of the gate, this is who our champion is. I'm your guy, but I ain't your role model. You know, <laughs> he's real in and out on this. And there is shades of Shane. I, I literally wrote that. Really reminded me of Shane calling out the other um, champs. But, you know, it's fine if you're bad talking Hogan and Rocky. I'm kind of all right with that. So um, there goes that. Um, so he's winning me over. Of course, he says steroids. In a wrestling promo so that was weird for me and um but this is good uh yeah we all know everybody's coming for your belt everybody always comes for the champ's belt so none of that stuff really was like hitting for me um the tiger story was a little funkish um 
My daddy had a tag. I'm just saying. Mostly good. Ass. Mostly good, but there are some what the fuck moments for me, Matt. It feels like it's been forever since we've had one of these promos out of Taz mm. where he's just standing in front of the void behind him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I Taz love these. Void. The Taz void, yeah. <laughs> these are, I love all these promos. He's just, he's, obviously the title hasn't changed him any because he's still fucking pissed off at everything, which is great to see. But uh, him calling The Rock a green bastard, that's very timely given the current state of things. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like how the Simpsons predict everything. So did fucking Taz. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Uh, I would also pay good money to see Taz choke out Hogan. Man, I I give be a lot fun, of, right? Especially in '99. Uh, yeah, really, I give a lot of money to see that. But yeah, uh, Taz is—he said it best himself. Taz is real, and he's pissed. So I think and that spectacular, and spectacular. You're right. So I think I think that puts it uh, perfectly. So yeah, awesome first promo here for Taz. Are we, we gonna sleep for living dangerously? Uh, opening animation, Joey in the nest. We're getting more house party uh, footage tonight from the arena. The whole show, again, is on home video. We get a long batch of clips for the Douglas-Taz situation in the match from last week. Back to the nest, Joey says, Shane Douglas has even his score with Chris Candido. Made good points about the prestige of the ECW title. Joey says, Shane is a complex man. His sins cannot be forgiven, but he is the greatest ECW world champion, and both God and the devil have dibs on his soul. It's a very, very uh, yeah. a very Joey thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a smarmy ECW hype piece narrated by Paul E. Dangerously, hyping Living Dangerously 99. And then we head right to the ring for some tag team action as the tag team carousel rolls around. Rotten Balls back together. Axel Rotten Balls Mahoney to take on our tag team champions, Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Uh, chance for the belts. Axel and Balls have never been champions together. Of course, Balls had them, but not with Axel. Uh, so chance for them to finally win the gold. Let's Joey go. confirms that living dangerously will be in Asbury Park. Uh, yeah. And they expect to be sold out yet again. Ball Scott dances as Fonzie brings out the champs. Very random. Uh, Ball starts by beating on Sabu. Then Axel comes in. They double up. RVD comes in and Ball slaps up against him with some punches. Balls and Axel hits a great doomsday device variation for two. Things break down with some brawling. Balls bounces off Sabu with an avalanche and then peppers RVD with punches while Axel stomps away. Balls hits a spine buster. Axel follows with a leg drop for two. The challengers are on fire. They uh, come in hot. Axel and Balls empties some punches on the champs until Fonzie comes in with a chair. Sabu uses the chair to hit Axel and then a Van Damator for Balls. Sabu hits Axel with Air Sabu, but Axel comes back with the clotheslines. All four brawl at ringside. Sabu slips inside. It's the triple jump moonsault. Sabu and Axel... Brawl inside, a uh, battle inside is already slams onto balls with the top rope somersault sent on into the crowd in a very wild looking spot. Sabu sets up a table bridge. He drop kicks Axel's knee, kicks him in the head. RVD and balls are back in the ring. The champs use the chair to keep Axel down, but balls hits RVD with a back suplex, slams RVD, starts to go up top, but RVD dives into him to stop him and flies right out of the ring. Balls pulls themselves up, pulls himself up, but Sabu leaps into him and they fly through a table. Axel covers Sabu for two as Fonzie's in with a chair. He puts it up at Axel's head, and RVD comes off the top with a Van Daminator. Balls bounces back in, hits a super kick on RVD for two. Sabu and Balls both head up top. Balls hits a frog splash on RVD, but Sabu follows an Arabian face buster on Balls. The champs hit Rolling Thunder for two. RVD and Sabu then finish and retain the titles with a double-team splash like drop on Balls through the table. Uh, really wild match from fantastically timed spots and good heat. Rotten Balls gave it a go. Uh, they hung in. The champs are smooth and flawless. A really good tag match, even if the division is a bit stale. 
uh, a fun match and mix in some fresh spots. I, I like this a lot, Matt. I actually went three and a half. Um, I thought this really popped. I thought, you know, for a team that's kind of like eh, whatever at this point, I thought Rotten Balls really worked hard. They got a lot of shine. The crowd was into it. RVD and Sabu were always awesome. So. Balls got shine is what you're telling me, I see. Uh, I went three and a quarter on it. Uh, yeah, super fun match here. Just great spots, really, by everybody. Just the top rope chair kicks, the face busters, just everything they do. It's so fluid. It's so smooth that RVD does and, uh, and Sabu do. Uh, the finish was sick. The double leg drop, I love that move. So, yeah, just a, just a really fun sprint. The double team moves were great. There was no real wasted energy by anybody, so... Just, yeah, a super fun tag match here. So three and a quarter for me. Yeah, I did the three and a half. I really like this too. Um, I've been on the balls and axle train for a little bit. So I'm just saying I was not at all surprised by how good this was. Um, great wild energy. Uh, awesome spots like that rvd holy shit spot into the crowd made me very nervous for him um and then sabu did a sick dive like he always does and then the team energy with excellent balls is really cool like they just had this fluidity that i think i'm not gonna say it rivals rvd sabu it's comparable to their chemistry and the way they flow it's just they have a different style of wrestling um love the arabian face buster with the chair on balls i thought balls was excellent in this match he had some really cool spots and he to me he was the glue of the match awesome finish i liked it a lot three and a half stars yeah it feels like he's he's growing a bit past just being like the chair guy like i think he's showing more and more every week he can do some different stuff which is good Um, i actually i like axel i just i feel like it's um I feel like balls can probably do better. I feel like he could be like up, like doing something else versus just my. He's been in this tag division now for feels like years. I mean, it's probably just been like a year, but either with Axel, with Tanaka, and I feel like we've just been kind of aimless a little bit. So I feel like he's someone they could do a little bit more with uh, at some point. So I kind of liked Axel as the manager, honestly. Like I I thought that was a better approach. He's good on the mic, but I, I enjoy him a lot in the ring. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. It just feels like it just feels very, very repetitive. That's all. It feels like we've seen them in a million tag title matches uh, lately. All right, Prezak backstage is pottering his role as a reporter. He's struggling to get an interview with any of these hardcore wrestlers. Super Crazy comes in. He speaks to him in Spanish, and Prezak agrees with him. Joey's in the nest. Uh, he talks about the Super Crazy to Jerry rivalry. Says they're going to have a rubber match next week. He then talks about the unanswered fight challenge by Public Enemy. And we get some public enemy clips as Joey explains why they wouldn't bother coming here because they have big money deals with Ted Turner. After a break, Joel Gertner and sign guy Dudley are in the ring. Joel says the Dudleys have left the building because they were so disgusted with public enemy did not show up and stand with them instead of the match. We now get Gertner vision. It's a Gertner graphic on the screen that freaks out Joey. Joel goes to his usual raunchy story about pro wrestling industry. In 1995, how Public Enemy ruled ECW, how he sat at a time, at, as a timekeeper at ringside and has memories of Public Enemy. He makes some fat jokes and some of the gross shit talking of their time in Philly. Joey cuts them off. We go to break, get an ad for the pay-per-view. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you have any Gertner stuff before we get to the big segment here. Do I? Do you even have to ask? My All God. Right. Why, don't you, why don't you give us the first half of the Gertner and then we'll get to the big segment. All right. So uh, he says that uh, the big thing he said here is that uh, he says grunge needed a shower and smelled like the asshole of a 75 year old dead skunk with coyote pussy on its breath. Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> 
Yeah. I thought his Disney stuff was edgy, you guys. <laughs> it yeah. took me about rewinding 17 times to make sure I got it right. I right, appreciate what? your your work, Matt. Thank you. After that break, we're back to Gertner Vision. Joel's still ranting about public enemy. Um, you know, says the fans should be careful what they wish for. And public enemy theme hits. Joey gets fired up. Yeah, they're here. Uh, he says public enemy's gonna kill Gertner and sign guy. The crowd get the hands waving, but of course, it's just Bubba and Devon cosplaying <laughs> as public enemy. Bubba Ray Grunge says he's already blown up. He's keeping going with some more mocking shtick. The crowd chants, welcome back. Bubba says things are different. I don't see the same ugly rats I used to fuck. Um, and then we get a she's still here chant, which is amazing. They point to some girl in a second, was, bro. That was <laughs> Bubba says he'll meet her at the travel lodge. Uh, Devon <laughs> says his back hurts, and Bubba says probably because you're fucking 90 years old. <laughs> which, is, which is true. Rock is much older than you would think. Yeah. Uh, it was, he's like in his 40s, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bubba says, I'm not fat, I'm just big boned. Joey wants to wrap this up, but Bubba Breaks character says this is the closest the fans are ever going to get to see Public Enemy again. He wants to look, and the delis didn't do them wrong, not even poorly dangerously. Public Enemy did all the fans wrong because they didn't answer the challenge. They're too afraid Eric Bischoff may fire them. Vince won't hire them, and they may get hurt. The fans wouldn't welcome them back, and they couldn't stand it. Bubba says the Public Enemy was here tonight. The last voice they'd ever hear is the delis proclaiming Public Enemy is dead. Eni Kamozi fires back up. Public Enemy come out. They are here. The brawl is on to a pop. Public Enemy clean house on the Dudleys as we fade out. A great segment. Uh, the big payoff. Obviously, we talked about it. The tease was a little too strong for it not to do it, but whatever. Uh, they're back home. They're nearly three years to the day that they left at House Party 96. Um, at the same show, they have a big feud lined up. I don't know if they stick around. I don't know if we get anything out of this, but if nothing else. You get the cool moment of this brawl between two of the legendary ACW tag teams. Uh, Public Enemy, I believe, was still technically, uh, I don't know if they were under contract or what was going on. I mean, it would make sense if their contract was up, I guess, because it would have been three years almost exactly since they left. Um, And I do know they get the dalliance with the WF in the spring. So I'm not sure where this is all throughout this, but we'll see. We'll ride it out. Um, But Matt, what did you think? Did this work for you? Uh, were you happy to see them? Did you think it would maybe just be the Dudley's shitting on them? What do you think? So I, I think the first segment, it was like, all right, maybe they really aren't here. But I think once they did this segment and they came back out dressed up as public mm-hmm. enemy, this is when I was like, all right, obviously they're here. And it was still great. Like just because I expected it didn't mean it wasn't great. I thought Gertner was fantastic, <laughs> as uh, we've mentioned earlier. And the little of the brawl we saw was really good. And listen, I mean, it, it's two of the biggest tag teams ECW had. Like if, if public enemy was coming back in, it makes perfect sense to throw them right in there with the Dudleys. They're like the two, especially, you know, the Dudleys are kind of like the Kings of the tag division and have been for a while. And the public enemy were the Kings of the tag division, you know, three, four years ago. So it makes perfect sense to pit them against each other. So I like this. I hope it goes somewhere and it's not, you know, just one of these random one-off things with nothing happening. So I hope they stick around. We'll see. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this for what it was here, Jenny. So I don't think you accurately explained what Gertner vision is because it's literally like little icons that like mm-hmm. four on the screen of his mm-hmm. fucking face. Yep. And it's hilarious. 
Um, and the, even the Dudleys got some laughs out of me on this. I thought their impersonations were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So I watched a lot of public enemy matches. So they they kind of had it down. They kind of did well on the the mocking side of this promo. Um, Joel roasting the crowd is, and everything that he said was just fucking amazing. Um, welcome back, Chance was really funny. Um <laughs> Um, while they were dancing around getting blown up as he says while he was dancing and then the run-in like like i said like matt said like it was a little like eh, on that first segment and then after this i was like yeah they're definitely gonna show up and boy they looked a little um um not they've been eating well they've been eating well on that starter contract yeah Mm -hmm. making six figures i mean hell so if they are back, they probably need to hit the gym for a hot minute because, um, but even though Bubba is also pretty portly during this mm-hmm. segment. So um, not a lot of, they might break the ring. I'm just saying if they have a tag match, it's going to be a heavy ass ring. Um, but it was good. It was a good way to end the, end the show. All right. For the awards uh, best match is pretty much our only match, right? Is excellent yeah. balls against mm-hmm. RVD and Sabu. Yep. Yep. Uh, so no worse match. Best moment. Um, I went with the the public enemy return and the Dudley's cosplay as them was. Good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, most nineties. I went with the name drop of the name Rocky Maivia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rocky Maivia. Yep. Uh, Rising Taz RVD Sabu Rotten Balls. I mean, I guess public enemy. They're back. We'll see. Dudley's. Yeah, Dudley's were good. I don't have anyone falling. I thought Gertner, everyone pretty much hit in this Gertner episode. Is the MVP yeah. of this I, show. Put him on every week, on even if he's not on, you should still put Gertner on him. Yes. Uh, all right, final grade. I went seven out of ten. I mean, this is a good follow-up episode to our previous one. We only had the one match. It was great. The big moment of Public Enemy return. We had the awesome Taz promo. Again, nothing, nothing down here. We're like we're on a hot streak. We've been the TV's been very good since November to remember. Yep. Um, and, and great since guilty as charged for these, these couple that we've talked about so far. I did the seven and a half, um, between Taz's promo, um, you know, which was kind of setting the tone for what I wanted to see something different from him. Um, and then the great tag match, uh, super crazy doing a Spanish interview with a man who does not speak Spanish. <laughs> um, and then the stuff, at the end, great episode. Yeah, uh, I went seven and a half on it too on the strength of the promo and the public enemy stuff. Just a, a fun episode. And you had a great match on top of it too. So it would have been a good episode without that great match, but yeah. the match had to do it. All right, let's get to our last installment here tonight, February 6th, 1999. Fonzie, Sabu, and RVD are backstage. Fonzie says, it's a historical night. For 25 years, the Sheik has set things on fire. But now Sabu makes his place in Detroit. Fonzie says it's right down the street from Battle Creek. And R- RVD deadpans quietly. Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. RVD says he is here as well. He makes it a very big night for the fans. And when you buy a ticket to see RVD, you even get Sabu as a bonus. <laughs> RVD says Sabu has his only suit on. It's a big night for him. Uh, Sabu gets to be on a card with RVD. RVD starts at RVD champ and Sabu's annoyed. Just amazing. Yep. So good. Great. So much pointing. So much a pointing. Um, and I gotta say, Sabu always looks weird in a suit to me. I love him in a Doesn't suit. Doesn't seem natural. No. I like it. And All right, I don't, Joey I don't Styles. like him with that belt, but that's me. Joey Styles at the Detroit Coliseum or the Michigan State Fairgrounds 
He's in the nest, talks about the night ahead, uh, and Shane Douglas will be here. We get clips from last week of Public Enemy's return. Joey in the nest recaps that. We get the clips from the Public Enemy and Dudley Brawl from earlier tonight in Detroit, which included a shirtless Joel Gertner for some reason. Oh, oh yes, it did. Flopping around up there. <laughs> so Public Enemy and nothing else is a pair to be on the road here, so we'll see. Right. Uh, Douglas and Francine head to the ring to a loud pop. Now, it could be the, the face turn could be really here. Uh, Shane hypes up the crowd that want to see Francine's tits. She plays to them a bit. Shane tells Francine to get Joey Styles, and they'll start the show naked. Joey starts to panic. Shane starts to rant about Candido. and uh, Starts to rant, but Candido and Tommy emerge from the curtain. Let me try that again. Starts to rant, but Candido and Tammy emerge from the curtain, dragging Francine with them. Shane comes in to save her, but Tammy jumps on his back. Candido slugs Shane. Candido throws him to the railing and punches him in the head. Candido shoots him in the ring, and Joey wonders what happened to Candido the clown as he continues to punch on Shane. Uh, we get our opening animation, and we see footage of Shane being walked to the back. Joey recaps what happened. We have a refocused Candido, and then we get some more talk about Public Enemy and the Dudleys. We find out the Public Enemy have been stitched up and may have to go to the hospital with concussions. Um, so, Jenny, what did you think of uh, the showdown? As it looks like we're going to have a triple threat war here between Shane and Candido, really brewing hot. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this. Um, the pop for Shane was really huge, and then Fran was climbing the um, the turnbuckle and she tripped and then her tits almost fell out. Right. Mm-hmm. So then that's what started the whole thing about her tits. And she just went with it. And I was watching her during it. And she she's such a like natural, you know, yeah. with like rolling with that sort of thing. And she just kept teasing it. She was like kept fucking with her tits. It was like kind of hilarious. And then Shane was like, go get Joey. We're going to have a naked segment. And I busted out laughing. <laughs> Just throwing Joey in it like that. Even You know how Francine makes Joey feel. So mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed that. And then the Tammy and Chris um, sort of kidnapping part. <laughs> bringing her back out. It's just a lot of really cool drama. Uh, a lot of great story. I just thought Shane was great. I just, I just love him. What the fuck? He's gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed this segment too. Uh, starting the show naked would have been a hell of a way to start this episode, let me tell you. But uh, <laughs> it looks like, like you said, we're gonna get a a triple threat war with Candido. Uh, Candido, by the way, is yoked out of his mind. Holy mm-hmm. shit, he is fucking massive right now. Good lord. So, and, but yeah. the brawl was good. Him taking out Shane. I mean, that's a thing that mm-hmm. not a lot of people have done. So it puts mm-hmm. Candido over pretty strong. So, and I so think they do it like. I think if you would have thought these guys were going to feud, you assume Shane is the heel and Candido is the right. angry face that exactly. got hosed in the triple threat. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting they went the other way. Yeah, or, or maybe the fans didn't give him a chance, I guess either. But right. that's <laughs> true. They already decided they want him. So. Right. All right, to the ring we go. As Chris Chetty is set to take on the Amish Roadkill, Chetty hits the ring to kick us off after a break. Roadkill is on the top rope, but he misses an elbow drop. Of course, they are quickly interrupted by Jeff Jones. He's ranting about not showing mercy in his court because Chetty showed mercy on Roadkill. Jones renders him guilty and says it is time for restitution from the man. Sid is out to a huge pop. He's maniacal as always, kicks the shit out of Chetty, wrecks him with a clothesline. Roadkill gets on the apron. Sid destroys him as well. Chokeslams Chetty. Chokeslams Roadkill off the apron through the table. Sid finishes Chetty with a pair of power bombs. The crowd is losing his shit, and he slowly walks to the back, screaming like an animal. Uh, what a scene, pure chaos. Obviously, no great, it's not a match, but uh, Sid was just amazing again, destroying these guys. And I mean, it's it's like 911, like amped up 
times a thousand yeah, right now with what yeah, we're doing with Sid, and it's working. They just yep. pulled the old night and one play out of the playbook and juiced it up. I mean, like we talked about, it's not it's not bad. It it plays to his strengths. Everybody loves to see it. Like it's it's perfect booking. What do you want? Yeah, you don't need him in matches or in angles. Let him destroy no. people. You don't That's all we need want. Nothing. This is great. Like I'm here. I'm here. Really I'm here for him. Fucking killing random people every week. Poor so. Chris Chetty. Well, Poor my Ruby. guess too is they probably didn't know how long they were going to have him. Right. Right. Um, yeah. He's going to obviously, so you can't really work we know he's headed to WCW soon, right? So I, they probably knew he was, because I think they even referenced it. Joey said it before Guiltiest Memories. Like, he's out. I thought he signed to WCW. Right, right. So you know this is short term. So instead of like putting him in a fucking storyline, that's probably going to get cut short. They're just like, screw it. Yeah. Have him tour, pay him to destroy bodies and pop the crowd. And that's yep. it. Yep. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah, they're doing it right. All right, we get an ad for the pay-per-view. Joey recessed the show, sends us back to the ring for our next match as Spike Dudley is taking on Lance Storm. Tammy Lynn bitches with Storm. Uh, Storm grabs the mic, stalls a bit to build some heat, and then says, Mike, uh, before Mike Lazansky's music starts, he doesn't need a get-over match. He needs a chance <laughs> to prove that Spike Dudley's a one-hit wonder. We see clips from December 26th where Spike beat Storm. Storm says Spike can never beat him twice in a lifetime, never mind twice in a row. He wants Spike, and he gets it. He stomps out. Joey talks about the Giants. Spike has slayed. Tammy distracts Spike and Storm murders with a missile drop kick. Storm gets a cartwheel splash. He's pushing, but Spike goes low, tries the acid drop. Storm counters to a back suplex for two. Spike counters with a powerbomb into a Rana and Cradle for two. He hits a flying forearm for two, shoves Storm off the apron to the railing. Spike goes up top. It's a high cross body, lands a chair shot. Back inside, he heads up top, but Tammy shoves him. He bounces off a table and splats. Storm shoves him back inside. It's a triple powerbomb and gets the win. Uh, I think it's a really fun sprint. The crowd is hot. Storm gets his revenge, continues to develop into a top-level heat-seeking missile. Spike is, of course, perfect to bump around like a madman. And Tammy evolves into more of a productive valet as well, not just eye candy. She's getting active uh, in the matches now. So two and three quarters for me, Jenny. I thought this really worked well. You know, I did the three. Um, just a really fun match. Like, perfect pacing, cool spots, and awesome finish. And storms really in a in a great spot um right now for us tammy is great i love her uh, on the sidelines getting involved in the matches she looks awesome um spike is my boo i'm just gonna say maybe mikey has been replaced by spike wow so that's official on this episode and he really he doesn't he doesn't seem like a little guy when he's, does that make sense? Like Spike is little, but he wrestles big, and mm-hmm. he gave he gave Lance a fight. So I, I did the three. Yeah, yeah, I went three on this too. Uh, Spike is so good at these like sprints, like these mm-hmm. five minute matches where he just goes out there like a fucking madman, throws himself around. I mean, the there was an acid drop on the railing that was disgusting. I thought that was great too, and just like even like little moves, like there's that move where uh, Storm reverses the acid drop into a back suplex. It's yeah. just ev- everything looks so smooth and great with these guys, and just a really fun match. So yeah, uh, there was also that triple power bomb spot too, mm-hmm. which was that great was too. sick. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I had to go the three stars on this. Storms are so fluid. It's it's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joey's in the nest. He says, a story brewing, and Prezak is backstage working on it. Gertner's running his mouth backstage that someone paid Public Enemy to get them back to ECW and that the Dudleys weren't doing it for pride or honor. They have neither. Public Enemy didn't get run off. They go back begging for jobs to Bischoff, and here they are, and they will be in Queens on Friday night. 
Credible Jason and Jazz are backstage. Credible hints at his actions to come in Queens. Ghost of all his past victories and assaults. And that brings us to the rubber match of our tremendous series between Tajiri and Super Crazy. Tajiri follows out from Crazy. Joey goes through their previous encounters. Tajiri gets a stiff kick. Crazy goes to the leg, gets a mat work countering. Crazy works the arm. Tajiri counters to Arana and a cartwheel forearm. Crazy bails out, resets, but Tajiri's all over his arm. Tajiri drop kicks the knees, goes back to the arm. He's rolling around, twisting at it. Crazy counters for a modified single crab. Crazy attacks the leg with some strikes, goes into a rolling surfboard to a rear chancery. We get a quick flurry of counters into a standoff and reset. Tajiri flips Crazy over the top to the floor, meets him with a perfect acai moonsault, murders him back in the ring with a kick to the head, gets the tarantula. Crazy tri- uh, tries to regroup outside. Tajiri meets him with another brutal kick as he comes back in. Crazy dodges a kick, hits a missile drop kick, slams Tajiri down, hits a moonsault for one. Crazy follows with a tiger bomb for two. Tries another one, but Tajiri counters to swinging DDT. Tajiri gets two on a bridging German and gets the win on Arana into a victory roll as he wins the series over Super Crazy. Uh, I thought this was awesome as always, but it is getting a little repetitive. Uh, it felt very similar to the last match we saw a couple weeks Why? ago. But in context, it's whatever. Like, this is a different town. Maybe they didn't yep. see it on the TV. I get it. Uh, but we're watching them in, in order, and it did feel right. a little repetitive. Right. The end stretch was a little shorter as well. I'd say it's the less, the least of the three, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a high level, and the crowd loved it. Um, three and a half, so for me, it's it's still a great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would I would rank it below the other two that we've seen so far. And I think now, let's get them apart from each other here and, and move on to different stuff because as great as they are together, I don't want to see it get worn out like some of the other feuds we've had in ECW. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, listen, if the worst match of the three is still a three and a half, which is what I went on it to, like you're doing something right. But it is. I almost wonder if they should have like a stipulation match or something like a two out of three falls or mm. just some, just something different just to spice it up a little bit, you know, but I mean, the match is still great, but it's just, we've kind of, and it's tough. Cause like we're watching this all in a row here. Mm-hmm. So I, and I get why they're doing this every week because it's so great, but for our purposes, I want to see something a little bit different, but it is still a fantastic match. So, I mean, yeah, three and a half, but it's all stuff we've seen before, which is weird to say about a three and a half star match, but here we are. It, it's, I, I didn't think it at all because I did the three and a half too. Um, because, like Justin said, it, it's the same match, it's just a different town. And right. I, I, I want these people in these towns to be able to see this match, if that makes sense. Like, normally. Jenny would be very bored by watching the same match that was run in three different towns, but you know, I, this one it's not getting old for me yet because they're still awesome and the crowd still eats them up and I I understand the context a lot more than I typically do, so it's still a great move. Um, the wild uh, moves and submissions are great. That rolling inverted surfboard board move is fucking mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. i don't know how he doesn't tear his arms off when he does that <laughs> i know uh, and then, ridiculous then, uh the way that uh tajiri can just float through a moonsault is beautiful yep. and uh it's just great stuff are right, we eclipsed from earlier the deli's wrecking public enemy they hit a 3d on johnny grunge they stood tall new jack came out with some plunder we then cut to joey in the nest he tries to figure out who would have paid the dudley's and talks about the old gangsta public enemy wars. We see that the Dudleys attacked New Jack before he could even show up and prove what side he was on. Prezak has uncovered that the benefactor has now offered a bonus if the Dudleys can also take out New Jack. 
Joey tries to figure out who has an issue with Public Enemy and New Jack and hypes up Queens, where the Dudleys and Public Enemy will face off for the first time. Any quick thoughts on that segment of the mysterious benefactor? The word benefactor really bugs me. I don't know what it is. Is that weird? Yeah, I mean, it's a very soap opera term. It, that's what it is. No. Like, it's too soap opera-y for me in my wrestling. I mean, yeah, wrestling's not soap opera at all. It's not full of soap right. opera cliches right. at all. But I was just like, no, just, just don't say that. It is. It's a weird wrinkle to this whole feud, but uh, I, I, I do hope that uh, Scrooge McDudley is the benefactor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, main event time is Taz taking El Diablo, uh, one Alrighty. of the best indie workers in the Midwest, or is it just Diablo? Is it El Diablo or just Diablo? El, El Diablo. It was El Diablo. Yeah. Okay. One of the best indie workers in the Midwest. He has a golden chance here to win the ECW title. Taz attacks Diablo with the bell, beats the shit out of him. Joey says this against his usual approach. Usually he's a bit more measured. Taz talks shit. He slugs away. Hits a pair of head and arm Taz plexes, T-bone, and finishes with the Taz mission. Pure squash. One yep. star for me. Yep. 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 Taz grabs the mic. He puts over to Detroit and issues an open challenge to any champion in the WF or WCW to fight him in any town. Taz starts to leave and comes back and calls out the FTW champion Sabu if he wants to fight in his hometown. Sabu shows up. Taz mows him down the lariat. They trade blows until security breaks it up. And Joey says they just can't keep these guys apart and will history repeat itself as we fade out. So a hot finish with two legendary rivals. Feels maybe a little bit played, but they haven't fought uh-huh. for the world title yet. Um, so that that is new, right? They haven't they haven't faced off over the gold. Um, but that wraps up the show, Matt. What do you think of this? Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, El Diablo, one of the best workers in the Midwest. Not at all some fucking ring crew guy they threw a mask on, first of all. But... Uh... Uh- as far as uh, as far as Taz and Sabu, I, I feel like Sabu kind of has to get the title shot, given how he interfered yeah. in the pay per view match. So it makes it makes a lot of sense, and it has it hasn't happened in a while. As far as them one on one, I mean, it happened on that random episode of Hardcore TV. But as far as like a pay per view, it's been a while. So I get it, and it's a massive match to have on a pay per view. So it it makes sense to me to do it. I don't know why I'm challenging Taz with having some originality. Um, because I mean it's wrestling, and all these fucking shits have been done before. But to me, I, I just am reminded of Shane. I'm I'm reminded of all of our champions. He's not doing anything different for me. Um, just in a different style. But no, I mean you're not yeah. wrong. It's it's very similar. It's yeah. Very similar. I just want something. I just want some other sort of unique sort of Taz hook, and. I don't know. I, I I feel like it might be there, but to me, there's just some sort of little spark missing. All right. Well, we'll see if that spark uh, clicks for you next episode, because this All is right. it for us here tonight. Quick awards. Uh, best match to Jerry Crazy. I believe so. Yep. Uh, no. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, worst match has Diablo. Yep. Yep. Uh, best moment. I, I again went with Sid cleaning house. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think I'll go with that. Yeah, sounds all right. Most nineties, I, I don't know. I went public enemy. There wasn't really much else going on. <laughs> uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, Bill's kind of nineties. Mm, not too. 
Yeah. Uh, stock rising. Uh, actually, my Candido here. That was the first time in this set of episodes we talked mm-hmm. about where he kind of showed up. Uh, Sid Some... Storm to Jerry Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Falling, I went uh, Chetty, Roadkill, and Diablo. All the, it's your Roadkill of the episode, all three of them. Yep. Boy, I uh, hope you yell Diablo again. Yeah, maybe if we come back to Michigan. Uh, final grade, I went six and a half out of ten. I mean, it was it was the weakest of the episodes we watched besides the recap. Um, still good, but it just it definitely felt like okay, we're on the road. Uh, we got to kill a week here before we get to Queens or whatever. Um, although I think we do get more Detroit. I don't know to kick off our next episode, but uh, I don't know. It felt a little bit fillery um, here. Yeah. It felt like a tease episode, which is fine. I mean. We're coming off two real hot episodes, a lot going on. It's okay mm-hmm. to dial back a minute mm-hmm. and digest mm-hmm. what's going on before we launch back into more shit. So to me it's it's um they're starting to like piece together things. So you got like House Party ninety nine and they're mm-hmm. showing things like yep. and they're trying to put it more in a linear way in and and before we would have just like random out of order matches. So Yeah. The way that they're doing it seems more organized to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did seven out of ten. They've become more of a TV company over the last year. I agree. Year, so. yes. I mean, yeah, that's hundred percent. In ninety, starting with the pay per view, and then really into ninety eight, ninety nine. Now they're they're booking more for en- engrossing the TV audience to order pay per views versus right. like using the TV to maybe get people to the arenas or whatever. Like now, it really feels like they're trying to draw you in to order the pay per views. Yep. Yeah, I, I went six and a half on it too. It, it's a it's a good episode. It's a fairly standard episode. I, I always like seeing the house show footage just to see how the reaction is from fans that aren't in Philly. So that's interesting to me. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it, it's a notch below everything else we've talked about. But all right. The only thing I have left to say is I'm <laughs> debuting my extreme tattoo that I got for ECW. Mm-hmm. It is a barbed wire heart on my arm. Mm-hmm. And it looks a little bit like a ball sack because it's upside down as I'm rotten right. balls. Rotten so balls. So I yeah. got I got a rotten balls with a with a barbed wire. So. Right. There you go. Well, if you're watching on video, you can see it. If you're listening, you can imagine it. All right, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll have another three episodes of TV. Be sure to check out everything that North-South Connection has to offer, both on audio and video. Subscribe on social media like we talked about. Until then, I want everyone to stay extremely extreme. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Shout out to the boy, the uncrowned NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Floor's War. DC3. Mm-hmm. I hear your talk about it, but I stay seeing bodies with the motherfucking talk around it. And I'm down with the shit, too. For the stupid motherfuckers wanna try to use Kung Fu Instead of a Mac-10, he tried scrapping Slugs in his back and that's what the fuck happens When you sleep on the street Little motherfuckers with heat Wanna leave a nigga six feet deep And we come into the waste To make sure the crying and commotion ain't a motherfucking fake Back in the days, our parents used to take care of us Look at them now, they ain't fucking scared of us Calling the city for help because they can't maintain Damn shit done changed I wasn't in the rap game 
game I probably have a key knee deep in the crack game Because the streets is a short stop Either you're slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot Shit, it's hard being young from the slums Eating five-cent gums, not knowing where your meal's coming from And now the shit's getting crazier and major Kids younger than me, they got the sky grand pages Going out of town, blowing up Six months later, all the dead bodies showing up It made me want to grab the nine and the shoddy But I gotta go identify the body Damn, what happened to the summertime cookouts? Every time I turn around, a nigga getting took out Shit, my mama got cancer in her breast Don't ask me why I'm motherfucking stressed Things done changed